Amanda Tierra from Indianapolis, Indiana, and you're listening to Johnny Zebro's Fantasy Football Podcast. Check it out. Man, so used to having a DJ here, Wingado. What's good, Brodies and Bays? This is the Dynasty Bros Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 99. It's where you come for your fantasy football needs and to chop it up about the latest NFL news. I am Dynasty Bro Dot here with my Cobra. You got Chief Sosa FF, aka Dynasty Bro Vic, man. And we got some wonderful guests. We got the GOAT did district the in the building. Vic? Did you feel it? You did, man. You did. Hey, shout out to the GOAT district, man. How you guys doing though? Good, man. We're good. Thanks for having us, guys. Doing great. This, excited. Yeah, we're excited, man. We're looking to forward here. to this. Absolutely. So we got yeah, JD we got, and we got Theo. Okay. Vic beat me to it. Oh, man, man. You can lead the introduction, bro. I don't want no problems. You want no, no, no. You got it. You got it. I just wanted to say we got JD and Theo. That was it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely chilling. <laughs> All right. I ain't going to lie. So JD let us know your first name was Theo. I said, man, I couldn't find it on Twitter. He said, nah, it's in his name. D-O-G. <laughs> I said, oh, boom, mind blown. Theo is in D-O-G, fantasy. I love it, man. That was nice, man. So. It, it throws everybody off, and, and that that's my name. I'm the OG. I like it, man. <laughs> Smooth. I rock with it, man. OG's always a good thing. So, man, we got a fire episode. We're going to do the AFC East today. We've been breaking down divisions for the past few weeks, man. Just trying to take it head on going into the season, giving people the guys that we like team by team, the guys we don't like. Just trying to give our insight on that, man. And we thought we'd just break it down to the East this episode because last week we got real long-winded and it was still a good episode full of content. We just had to draw some of that back. We don't want nobody here till midnight. So that's what we're going to do. And I love when we have guests on because we also always get to do our fancy football resumes. And this is going to be a two-for-one because we get to see if the OG got a fire one. We get to highlight the homeboy, JD, see what his is like. So I'm excited about that. We're going to include y'all into the closing segment. That's always my favorite thing to do. And we're going to do what's the word? That's the hood TMZ with Dynasty Bro Vic. So y'all ready to get to that? We can get straight in if y'all want to. Yeah, man. We're ready. We're excited, man. Let's jump to these resumes. Let's do it. So who do I go first? Uh, Flip a coin. Youngest to oldest. Do y'all have a preference? I ain't, it's, it's always when it's two people. I don't ever know if it's not a lady. And I can say she's first. So I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll let we'll let the OG go first. We'll, we'll let Jamie go first. These guys right. are oh fun. man! Oh, yeah, so Rock paper scissors. <laughs> hey, just get a quick one in. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> We're always down for some comp. <laughs> Ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I uh, get the call. I've been playing fantasy for a while. Um, you know, competitive competitive as I could, um, and then I kind of started started going into the uh, the NFFC which is um, some high stakes uh, fantasy um, just to see how I would do. Um, and I've kind of grinded really hard um, in that, in that format. Um, I've, I've had some success. I was second in the NFFC silver bullet, um, which is a competition they do, um, which was really good. I should have, I should have shipped it that year. Um, but the uh, championship week was unkind, but I finished second, which was a big deal. Um, I had a, First place in the combined standings um, in the, it, it, which is basically they, they combine like two formats and they have a, a winner with that. So that was nice to get. Um, and then I've, I still compete in the NFFC um, and I've kind of started going pretty, 
pretty heavy at the FFPC. And that's how I got to know uh, my man, JD. Um, we're in a very competitive dynasty league in the FFPC. Um, and then I started, uh, you know, podcasting with, with him and, uh, and Dan Williamson, which who is not here tonight, but he's a, a fantastic Twitter follow and a, and a terrific guy. Um, so that's, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, I'm, I'm drafting multiple times a week. Um, I'm managing my dynasty teams and uh, podcasting with JD. So it's uh it's a, it's a busy, it's a busy summer, busy summer for me. All right. So you jumped straight in. So I, I couldn't even help direct. So I still got some follow-up questions. How long have you been doing fantasy football now? Oh gosh. Um, going on, I would say like 15 years of, of competitive. And before that, I, I, you know, I had the little, the leagues where, you know, maybe I wasn't quite as into it. Um, and then I kind of got that, I got hooked. Um, and then it kind of got to be one of those things where it's your home leagues and you're, you're really, really, you know, competing with your friends, um, you know, trying to get into to different home leagues. And then they kind of just stepped up a notch. So I'd say uh, 15 years of, of very competitive, uh, maybe a few years before that. Um, I was never so much into it when I was like in, in high school or uh, or college. It was more like the end of college, and I that it, it kind of hooked me. Um, before that, you know, I would bet on games, and I was a big football fan. But um, you know, once you get that that fantasy bug, it just it, once it latches onto you, and it's it's something you kind of fixate on. Um, for me, it, it hit pretty hard. So I'd say 15 years now of of really grinding. Okay, and if you can count off the top of your head, you can remember. It don't got to be super accurate. How many leagues are you currently in right now? I I could not even tell you. I'm I I wish I could. I'm I, I can tell you the format that I play. Um, he he I, might I, be I, the OG, he might be the OG on Twitter, I'll but when you I've, I've, he's he's actually the D, the DGen because if you see if you see this guy's. <laughs> Like we draft a lot of best balls, obviously, but he's drafting all kinds all the time. He's he's on another level, man. <laughs> Vic, we might have trumped you. Okay, yeah, I, have, I have two. I have I have I have two home, two big home leagues that I'm still involved in. Um, I live I live in Long Island, and one is is uh, we do a live draft in in New York City, um, pretty much every year. We even did it during the pandemic. We had a rooftop bar in Queens where we, we got together during the pandemic, which was, you know, another thing. But then I have another league, which is, is based in Baltimore. I'm originally from the D.C. area, so I got a couple of buddies down there. That league is unfortunately not going to be in, in person this year, but it's usually in person. So I have two, like, friends leagues. And then after that, I play a lot of FFPC, a lot of NFFC, um, and then I have some MFL teams, um, you know, a couple, a couple of leagues that I do with, uh, with, with J.D., um, and then, uh, I, you know, I, I did the fishbowl this year and a couple, I've been draft sharks this year, a couple of the competitions that are on, uh, on, on NFL. So I can tell you how many formats, but I legitimately can't tell you how many teams I have. <laughs> All right. I give Vic a hard time because for like the past two years, he's been like padding them on, padding them on league by league. And he's finally coming to a point where I think he reached his limit. So where are you at again, Vic? One more time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at about 25 right now, so I would say my sweet spot is 15 to 20, but I'm going to rock out these leagues until they crash and burn. So, <laughs> Do it, man. Yeah. Hey, if you can, if you can right, handle Theo. it, the more the merrier, you know? Yeah, definitely. Hell yeah. 
All right, before we get over to JD, Theo, we also like to touch on real-life football resume. So, growing up, did you get into any real football back in the day? Did you play any growing up? So, when I when I grew up in, in D.C., I played some uh, football, but it, we were – I mostly played basketball, and then I, I got into baseball. Um, so, football for me was never, like, my, my primary sport. Um my high school was very good at basketball and um i you know it was i was more basketball but i mean i i played i played some some football but but definitely uh it was not not my main not my main sport back then okay okay and i gotta do this for the dj because if he was here he would ask this question what was your position in baseball avo our dj was the big baseball guy growing up i don't want to miss that for him because if he was here he would talk baseball with you for a few seconds so what was your look? He just wrote on on the podcast. Shout out to April. That's what I'm talking about. He's excited. There we go. I I, pl- I played I played some outfield um on the varsity level. Before that, I I, I caught um, but I would say mostly outfield junior senior year. And um, we are, we had a very good baseball team as well. So it was uh it was uh, a blast. I I loved it. But um you know I don't I don't miss those I don't miss those cold spring practices uh, for for baseball on, on the East Coast <laughs> at all. <laughs> I don't know nothing about baseball. It was all Avo. He was a baller, and I support him to this day, his baseball love. So shout out to you, man. That's, that's a good football resume. Now, that being said, I'm not trying to put them against each other, but we, we do have another guest on here, and I'm, I'm going to ask him about his resume. I'm not comparing at all, but we'll see. So, <laughs> J.D., so let's let's get into your fantasy football resume, man. I ask you your first question is when did you start your first fantasy football league? So if I had to break it down, I would say Dynasty's been about 10 to 15, like dynasty and competitive. A uh, couple decades playing fantasy football and about three plus decades fantasy sports. So when I say that for those who don't know, I'm in, near Toronto in Canada, north of the border. So sh- you want to see baseball? There you go. Shout out to my Jays. Uh, so everything starts with everything starts with hockey up here, right? Like I was on skates before I could even walk. So definitely no football background on the field, other than like field football or flag football in university. Um, but no, I grew up on skates. I started playing fantasy like in hockey pools. We call them up here. So it's like, you know, office pools, you either do playoff or, or season long. And I just got hooked on those, man, and went online, found Yahoo Sports, started doing uh, baseball and football, and football just just sucked me in, man. I just got hooked right away. Uh, you know, kind of like Theo started, you know, won a couple of redraft leagues, went and started doing research online to get some content, found yeah. Dynasty, high stakes, and then it's like a, you go down the rabbit hole, right? It's like the gateway drug. Uh, my gateway drug, I guess, would have been it the is. hockey um, but no, man. So from there, uh, you know, my fantasy life is basically kind of split into to two in a sense, cause I've got the goat district and then I've got my actually, my actual teams that I manage. Um, but one thing that we take pride on, and I think Theo will attest to this is we talk the talk, man. And I know you guys are similar. We talk about guys that we're trading for. We take, you know, we talk about moves that we're making, you know, draft builds that we're, we're doing in our best balls, guys we're avoiding, uh, and that's important to us. So that that's kind of how we intertwine the two. Uh, otherwise, I mean, like Theo, my my biggest thing is the FFPC. They're they're our partners uh, of the Goat District. 
that's where we play the most. Theo and I uh, share teams on there. Dan and I uh, at Overhype Sleeper, we share a few a few teams now. Actually, on the FFPC, we're we're considered pros on the site, so we're in the, we're invited on the pros versus pros. So we play in one of those. It's based on like how many leagues you're you've played in and and how much money you've won on the site, basically prize money. So okay, um, that's basically how they how they decide that. Um, so yeah, you know, five digit winnings, I guess, puts you in that qualification and a certain amount of leagues. I would say if you're counting, uh, see, I was, <laughs> I was Vic last year. Yeah, I was Vic <laughs> this year, last year, whereas I tested my limit and, and at the end of the year, I won some good leagues and I won some good money on the FFPC. I won one of my most important leagues to me dynasty wise. Um, but mm-hmm. I was, I was beat. I was drained by the end of the year with waivers and managing. So I've narrowed it down. I'm down to about 15 dynasties, like on MFL. I got about five dynasties on FFPC, some redrafts, like high stake redrafts. And then I'd say between 100 and 130-ish best balls so far, there's always about five to seven, eight going on at a time in the background, whether it's under, actually, I didn't even count underdogs. So yeah, maybe, maybe a bit more than that, like 150. Um, So you know, I like to mix up the formats. We also talk about the importance of best ball and how it helps all all the rest of your your fantasy, including dynasty and roster build and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's a bit of the background. I like it, man. I like how you guys are spaced out amongst like platforms and different leagues. It just helps you with your strategy year by year. And I do got one final question, and I'll let both you guys answer, and you can answer separately. Me and Vic have been dealing with co-GM in leagues, and we have our moments where we put heads, we win, we're excited. I think we're tired of each other at this point, but we're still pushing <laughs> through. How is it co-managing leagues with each other, man? Because me and Vic then had a, we done had our highs, we done had our lows, but we still pushing through. How's that for y'all too? Theo and I are actually newer co-owners, I would say, to this season. Dan and I have been co-owning teams for a couple a couple years now. I mean. I- uh, we we do well. I mean, I think a big factor that helps us uh, mitigate and and arbitrate, you know, the the dynamic is just time. You know, sometimes the three of us we share teams sometimes, and we're we're in drafts right now. Actually, the three of us, and you know, two guys will be available, one guy will be tied up. So it's just the two guys will, will you know decide that pick, talk it out, ask the other guy if he's got input. So it kind of works out that way when when time is a factor. And let's face it, you can only do so many drafts you know, so many things at a time. Right. So it's, it's nice to have that support, but it's also nice to have that, the, the different input, you know, uh, when you're making those decisions, but we, we've been pretty good deal. Don't you think? Yeah. And I think that you just have to have great communication before a draft. Um, I think that where people butt heads with each other is if you don't, if you're not kind of clear on, you know, what we're doing in, in like a startup, um, you know, then that can lead to arguments during it. Um, but I think that the draft is really the thing you've got to get through. Of course, you're going to have disagreements on on potential, you know, dynasty trades, um, waiver wire money, but that can kind of get worked through. But I think if you have a general respect for, you know, your co-GM and you have a plan before the draft, I, I think you can do it. Um, I just think it's not the kind of thing you want to go in cold and be like, hey, let's split this team and then jump into the draft. And then all of a sudden it's it's arguing on, on every round. I think that's, um, you know, mistake people can make but hey if you respect your your co-gm it's a great way like jd said you know if you're if you're busy on a on a tuesday or wednesday night when waivers go down you know you have a partner you trust to put in 
the right waivers. Or if if you sometimes I know in these dynasty leagues, it a guy puts a, a guy on the block on the trade block, and then it's boom, boom, boom offers. He makes a quick move. You want to have a partner you trust that that can say yes to to the right offer um, before another team gets a guy too. So yeah, I think having a partner is a, a great thing if you if you trust your partner, and uh, it's just all about communication to me. It's no different than a marriage, guys. No different than a marriage. Communication. Y'all make it sound easy. I just want to let Vic know I still love you, bro. It's all love, bro. I still love you, bro. It's like the vacation you go on with, with your girlfriend to test it out. Like, if you guys make it out of that vacation and you still like the girl, then you know, she's like, you know? That's big facts. That's the draft, the first trip. <laughs> <laughs> nah, respect, respect. All right, man. I loved y'all resumes, man. Shout out to y'all, real life and fantasy. So what we're going to do is we're going to get straight into what's the word. That's the news that we do every week. It's called the Hood TMZ with Dynasty Pro Vic, where he just looks up random news that excites him the whole week. He does cite his sources, so we don't steal nothing. But it's it's all on Vic. I don't care about the news. He fill me in. Sometimes I'm shocked. Sometimes I'm not. But it's my guy, man. That's what we do. So, hey, Vic, what's the word this week, bro? Hey, man, I'm ready, man. And and the goal with this segment is, like, we all watch ESPN all day, NFL Network. Like, we all, you know, hear the same news. So I'll try to find something different, you know, as far as what's happening in the streets of the NFL. So that's what it comes down to. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Shout out to the Bleacher Report Gridiron. I don't know if you guys know, but Tyreek Hill and Usain Bolt, they've been exchanging words on, you know, who's the fastest guy between these two. So, hey, Usain Bolt, he's doubling down. Basically told Tyreek that he's willing to wager one of his gold medals if Tyreek's willing to put up his Super Bowl ring. So do you guys think we're going to see this race, this 40-yard dash between Usain Bolt and Tyreek Hill? And if so, who do you got? I mean, I have, I have Usain Bolt. I have Usain Bolt, even though he's he's 34 years old. Um, he's It's it's unreal how fast he is. When, when I saw the show sheet that you guys had, I went back and watched the, the 2012 – it was the four by 100 meter uh, race, which was incredible because U.S. had, you know, Tyson Gay and a couple of those guys. Um, they, we had a loaded a loaded track team and it was Jamaica was obviously great uh, because they had Usain Bolt and their other guys were pretty good. But if you go rewatch that race, it's almost it's almost unfair when you watch Usain Bolt. And I don't care if he's 34. Um, I think he would he would take Tyree Kill. Usain Bolt talked about how he got clocked in a 40 at like four one. And he didn't even have his, his running shoes on. Um, so, you know, you figure is, is Tyreek, Tyreek's maybe a, maybe a, a four, three flat guy right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe below four, three. I don't know, but I'll, I'll take Usain Bolt. Um, I think his speed is unreal. And you're, you're basically saying a track guy versus an NFL guy. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the track guy. Yeah. How and about I you, JD? I don't know if we're going to see it, but I would love to see it. Same. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think we're gonna see it. I think in the day of the J the J, what is it Jake Pauls? What are the Paul? Is it the Paul brothers or the Jake? Yeah, brothers? the Paul brothers. <laughs> but anyways, in, in the days where where that's boxing now, you know, I, I'm in the Tyson Lewis days. Lennox Lewis was my boy back in the day. I, I grew up when there was actual boxing. Now it's more of a show, right? And, and this is a show. Bolt is retired. I mean, at Super Bowl Fifty Three, he ran what a four two two forty yard, and his his top speed was 27 miles per hour, whereas Hill's recorded top speed is 22.8. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I think it's, you know, all uh, PR and getting, you know, getting this to, to see if there's traction and them worth putting this together. Maybe, maybe they do something for charity. It'd be fun. But you got to go with the goat, man. Come on. Yeah. You, you do, man. And now I feel stupid because I didn't know Boat was only 34 years old. I, I don't know where my mind was. I'm thinking he's a little older. I think I told Vic them last week, man, give me the younger guy, give me Tyreek. But it's like 34 is not even old. That's still prime for like just just life in general, man. Thirty four is not even old, so now I feel bad. I feel even dumber now. <laughs> man, I thought Usain was actually in his early forties, and I was still going to rock with him just because he's a world class <laughs> athlete. So that that lets you know what my confidence. <laughs> I mean, in, you uh, might you might want to go. Now he's thirty four. You got it. You might want to <laughs> Google check me if you guys ever think everybody. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Okay, I was. I thought I thought about that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know the Olympic Olympic track. Um, those guys come in young. I mean, your prime for track is like he turns thirty five. So when he did that in 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 two thousand twelve, I mean, he was right there. Yeah, I was just gonna say, sorry, Theo. He turns he turns thirty five next 35 week. Soon. Yeah, next week, next week. Gotcha. And look, check there this out. Hussein has eight gold medals, Olympic gold medals. He has 11 world championship gold medals. So he has medals to throw away. Yeah. Tyreek only has that one Super Bowl ring. So now yeah. we're really going to see if Tyreek's going to pipe down <laughs> or going to hold his ground. So I'm actually looking forward to the, you know, to the spectacle. Let's just call it that. So. All right, uh, let's keep it pushing. Shout out to CBS Sports. Um, so Darren Waller, he's actually celebrating being sober for four years, which is great. So this past Thursday, celebrate four years of sobriety, which is awesome. It's great. Uh, if you guys know his story, you know, he was almost out of the league um, due to some of the issues he's having off the field with alcohol and, and, and addiction there. But he's turned his life around and now he's arguably one of the great tight ends that's currently playing in the league alongside Travis Kelsey. So he's, in Dynasty, I know he's pushing for that tight end one conversation, but Definitely my guy. So shout out to the Raiders. They even donated 30000 to the Dan Waller Foundation just to show support. So I thought that was awesome. And I do want to read the mission statement for the Dan Waller Foundation. I mean, let's be honest. It's a lot of pressure and it takes a lot of hard work to write a mission statement. So these folks, you know, they definitely put some elegant words together. So I forgot to read it. Um, so I'll start with the quote. The purpose of the foundation is to equip youth to avoid, overcome addiction to drugs and alcohol and support youth and their families during their recovery and, tr and treatment journey, unquote. So I just thought that's dope that, you know, he's thinking about the youth, people who potentially are in his situation, or and then also thinking about families and of the youth who are also impacted, because it takes a toll when you see a loved one um, impacted by that. So shout out to Darren Waller. Yeah, man. And look, let, let, let's face it, guys. There, it's not always positive headlines coming out of the NFL, uh, specifically specifically stories like this uh, guy that started the way he did. You look at the last two years. This guy's been balling, man. He's some people consider him the tight end one, you know, uh, top three for sure right now, no matter what format you're drafting, including Dynasty. But to see a guy turn it around like that and then to see the the franchise, the team back him and and support what he's representing and what he's doing right now. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. You you hope it, it keeps going in that direction and he keeps producing, but the off the field stuff is is awesome and it's it's great to see the Raiders, you know, put their name behind them. Yeah, agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but we we talked to, we talked about it before we went on um, on the air and yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, he's the focal point of the team um and he's to, a guy for a guy to kind of flame out in in one city and have off the field issues and then come and totally turn it around. And be such a uh, you know a positive influence, um, 
you know, not only on his team, but, you know, you know, lifting others um, from that situation. I mean, I think it's, I think it's just awesome. And you got a lot of Darren Waller. He's a tremendous talent. And, you know, you add the off the field stuff. It's a guy that I think everybody roots for. And he's just a dominant fantasy player as well. Absolutely. You good, Dot? Yeah, man, I was just right. agreeing, man. I ain't got to echo on it because you guys spoke on it, man. Just shout out to Darren Wilder, the organization. You know, that's, that's just great, everything he's doing. So, echo. All right, cool. And the last thing we're going to get into, I know our DJ's a baseball guy. It's, this is a guy, Abel, has been taking everywhere in all of his drafts, redraft leagues, dynasty leagues. Tim Tebow, man, he got cut. So I know this is a guy a lot of people are rooting for. Oh, my God. I, I just got to show up, man. I don't know why he <laughs> put this big ass cut with Tim Tebow. But <laughs> Tim Tebow got cut, guys. And I, um, I don't know if you guys saw that block, or I don't even know if he was actually blocked, but he got in the way of somebody. Did you guys see that play? It was kind of like a whiff on, on no, the block. No, I missed it. Oh, yeah, it was, man. it was it was pretty it was pretty rough. There was there was a couple of blocks out there that were it, it, he looked like a converted quarterback trying to block. So yeah, you know the guy the guy team his teammates love him, and I think Urban Meyer you know wanted him to come in a positive influence in camp. But you know the writing was on the wall. It's it's a tough transition, you know. Yeah, uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. If, if that news affects your fantasy football rosters in any way in any format, just. Turn this off and go play fantasy hockey or something. Because, you, you, you know, like, how, how do we not see this coming? Guys, come on. Yeah. I don't know. The block was bad, but when he got up and still didn't do nothing <laughs> before the play was over, that was just a bad. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm funny. sorry to laugh at Tim Tebow. It's my bad, man. He's, he's a hell of a mind, though. They probably enjoyed having him there. I know the coach probably enjoy having him there in that locker room he was, no, he's a good, he was like a good dude anyways positive positive energy right yeah I'm still gonna laugh at that block <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have to go look that up now you're, you're giggling way too much yeah man it's it's he was just missing a tutu like he looked like a ballerina the way he was spinning. It's, it's one of those but it was pretty bad it was yeah. pretty bad yeah, but also check out Tim Tebow's Twitter, too. He also put out an inspiring message just saying, you know, he had another shot to live out his dream. So, you know, Tim Tebow, he's always inspirational. So uh, I definitely had to retweet that. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out, too. So, All right. That's all I got for What's the Word. Is there anything else you guys want to add? No. Uh, all right. All right. Nah, we, uh, we got a couple injuries, but nothing crazy. We got the uh, Chase Claypool that happened today this ankle but it sounds like you know he might miss a little bit of training camp but nothing serious where he's gonna miss any time and like real season the Dak situation they're still trying to figure that out with his arm I'm one of those guys who feel like whether he plays in the preseason or not as long as they figure out the arm by week one that's all I'm worried about because I'm excited about the whole offense and him coming back you just want to root for a guy like Dak but it's looking like they're trying to figure out if they're going to put him in in some preseason games or not but it's looked like I think he's going to be okay. But, you know, so I don't think there's any real injury news out there that's going to affect week one as of right now. Any news. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting that the Cowboys got a second opinion from the Texas Rangers. So speaking mm -hmm. of more baseball on Dak's shoulders. So I think it's cool how, like, you know, of course he throws the ball a lot. So let's go tap into the baseball world and get an opinion from those doctors. So, um, that, so yeah, definitely check that out if you're interested. Um, I know Darren Waller. 
He's returning to practice. He hasn't been practicing a couple of weeks, but he's going to be fine. Um, Devonta Smith, wide receiver for the Eagles. He's back practicing and running solid. Yeah. Routes again, so it's good to see that. And last week I did misrepresent Rashad Bateman's injury. I thought he had like a knee injury, but he actually tore his groin. So, um, so he's going to be out a little bit, but he should be back early into the season. So. I know, man. It's, it's, I love some Rashad Bateman, man. Same, man. Same. Yeah. I love I love Bateman as well. I really I really hope to see him back there. It, it's it's just He's rookie hoping. rookie receivers, right? Like it's already slow out of the gate. You were you were hoping that he was going to be the quickest horse out of the gate out of the rookies, and now that slows him down. It's so frustrating, man. Yeah. Very. All right. Now let's get to the flag on a play. I don't know if you guys got any flags, but typically this is where we just call out any BS that went down around the NFL or anything in the real world. Um, so yeah, you guys have any flags you want to throw out there? I got one. Go ahead, Doc. I got one. I don't like when teams automatically feel like they have their mind made up on situations, but like the Chicago Bears are like literally fumbling their whole situation. Like, and I understand you go sign Andy Dalton. I know he's a veteran, but he's nothing special to where you have to overly commit to, especially when you get your chance to draft in a talent like Justin Fields. I know you didn't probably project him to fall to you right there, but you don't have to keep smacking him in the face saying there's no way he's going to start. He's going out there looking good in, in the preseason, and you know what kind of talent that he is. and You know he's the future face of your franchise. It's just like you don't have to throw yourself out there on the edge and say, hey, there's no way he's starting. Because you want you don't ever want to backtrack and look stupid by looking stupid on the front end. Just always say it's an open competition. You'll pit you'll figure it out. You don't have to commit to a guy like Andy Dalton. No offense, I like Andy Dalton. But yeah, man, I just don't like the whole committing to a guy that's not Pat Mahomes, you feel me? So I don't like that. I, I think I don't know if it I think cares. that's a that's no, that's I think that's a great call. I was actually talking about this last night. Um with Andrew Schellenberg, who's also on the GOAT district, um, we broadcasted a draft, and we actually took Justin Fields. Um, we did a Trey Lance-Justin Fields build, an aggressive one, um, where we're, we're trying to take upside of the quarterback position. And you see all these people saying that the reason they're not going to start him is because they play the Rams game one. I think it's such a, a backwards um, mentality that you don't want to – you don't want to have your rookie quarterback face off against a hard defense. I think that you you put these guys out there week one, um, and I think if you if you're the Bears and Justin Fields does have a game where he really struggles, you want that to come at the beginning of the year and let him get his chance to you know really develop, see as many defenses as he can, and then you get to the second half of the season and and they could be potentially lights out as an offense. I mean, I think he's the real deal. I think that the change is inevitable, um, but. But why start Dalton to start the year? I mean, it's just uh, – it's very odd to me. Um, you saw what happened when Russell Wilson was drafted. Pete Carroll signed Matt Flynn. It was an identical situation. Um, they paid Matt, Matt Flynn a, a fortune to come over and be their starting quarterback, but they drafted Russell Wilson. He won the, the job in training camp, and Pete Carroll – you know, Pete Carroll doesn't care. Um, he'll play whoever he thinks should start. Um, and he put him out there, and that's all she wrote. So I think that, uh, you know, put Justin Fields out there week one, give him a chance to go up against Errol Donald and, and, and that, that Rams defense, um, and, you know, maybe he struggles for a game or two, but, you know, he'll take off at some point because I think he's the real deal. Agreed. 
and and just look at Hertz last year against New Orleans. They were what top two, top three defense. Uh, he came in week uh, what was it, fifteen, fourteen. And I, I mean, if anything, it gives your team an advantage, gives your offense an advantage. It's something unfamiliar for that defense. So if anything, you want that element of surprise versus those higher, you know, higher tier opponents. And look, you know, like you was saying, it kind of shows that maybe you're not as confident in your boy, as you say, if you're if you're waiting for that easy week to put him in. So, you know, a lot of things to th look I always the way I look at all this stuff is I, I feel like we only know such a small fraction of what needs to be considered in these decisions when it comes to especially the quarterback. Like how much information are these franchises really management, you know, coaches really going to give away on such a key, important part of that team going into a season. Right. So I think that, you know, and we might talk about this going into the show, it comes back to the same thing with this offseason. You know, don't put too much weight in some of these headlines and some of the stuff we're seeing and some of this coach talk. You know, whatever you thought going into the preseason, you, you got, it's got to take something pretty significant personally for me to change my opinion on it. So if there's something happening and it's giving you opportunity to buy on a fields or, you know, maybe the coach is showing that maybe they're not as flexible as you'd like them to be. End of the day, these guys have jobs to save. They're going to do whatever it takes to win. Facts. Yeah. All right. I actually don't have a flag. Uh, Theo, do you have a flag? No, um, not really. Um, this okay. week has been – nothing really bothering me too much this week. There you go. I'm glad to hear that. What about you, J.D.? That, that would be it, man. Just overreacting. I just find people and look, I, you know, it's easy to say people, people do this, you know, blanket statements. Look, we've all been there. And I think experience, you know, you talk about our resumes and that's one thing that you get from people who are experienced. And, and Dan that we keep talking about, he's a guy I lean on a lot because he does have that experience. Theo is another guy, you, you know, anyone with experience. It's like the stock market. It's like anything where there's big fluctuation, man. You got to stay in the middle. Even keel, you can't react too quickly and too much to things, especially in August, guys. We're in August, preseason. These are third liners out there that are on defense against these guys. So, you know, don't don't screw up your whole dynasty team because one guy went off or didn't in a, in a preseason game. Yeah, facts. Facts. All right. All right. My bad, Vic. <laughs> now go ahead. All right. All right, let's get into it, man. The main topic, we're going to get into the AFC East. We're going to break down all four teams, try to talk about the relevant guys, the guys that we think are going to be important for people's fantasy teams going forward, and maybe some guys that are ir irrelevant that you may think is relevant. So that's what we're going to do, man. We're going to break that down. We're going to get in. We're going to get out, as my guy Vic would say. So. You with that, Vic? And I don't I'm care the it. order of the teams. That's on you, too. All right. I'm excited, man. So we got four teams. We're going to talk about the AFC East. It's like our audit process. Like, who's relevant, who's who's irrelevant from a dynasty standpoint. So that's really the whole, whole idea. And curious to see who you guys are in on and out on. So let's just get right to it, man. The New York Jets. I mean, a lot of, a lot of question marks. This entire organization is rebuilding. Uh, even with the coaching staff and even with the quarterback situation and even trying to establish a running back room and who's going to lead their wide receiver room. So let's start with the QB, Zach Wilson. Um, so, of course, you know, top draft pick in the NFL draft out of BYU. Coming off his senior year, over 3,600 passing yards, 33 touchdowns. Um, and he also had three rushing touchdowns – or actually 10 rushing touchdowns on the ground, excuse me. Um, so this is actually a guy who I personally – 
am not a fan of just off tape, meaning he excels at the at the deep ball and he's good at throwing him between the hashes. But as far as outside side the hashes, the ball can tend to sell on him. Uh, I think we you know saw some of that early on in the preseason, even though it's his first game, so we get it. Um, but curious to know where you guys are at with Zach Wilson. Are you in on him or are you out? So let's start with you, Theo. Guess my guy's frozen. <laughs> Can you hear me, Theo? Uh, JD. No, no. You, oh, I can, oh, okay. I can hear you. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sorry. The um, so Zach, Zach Wilson. Uh, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. So Zach Wilson. Um, for for me, he's uh, it's it's kind of like um, I think that a lot of people in New York are you know, still a little upset that it's not, it's not Fields or Lance. It would have been more exciting. I don't think Wilson is going to be terrible. I think that they've um, really upgraded the offensive line. Um, and I think that they've, they've built a nice receiver core for him. Um, so he's going to get every chance to succeed. I don't think he'll ever um, be a great fantasy fantasy quarterback, but I think he has uh, decent scrambling ability and I think he'll be okay. Um, in terms of dynasty, unless you're in a super deep league i'm not you know trying to acquire you know too much but i, I don't think he's gonna fail i think he'll be okay okay yeah i i think for, for wilson um you want to manage expectation right <clears throat> you want to be realistic when you're drafting this guy so if you're in super flex and it's your rookie draft and you get him you know, uh, Dan and I had the 102 and the 107 in a you know a super flex two tight end league and we grab Pitts at 102. That's my only pitch share. And then 107, you grab Wilson. Wilson's the fourth quarterback off the board. So he's a nice QB3 to add to your roster. You know, you, you're not, you don't want to depend on this offense. That, that's, that's how I'm looking at it. And let's face it, this is going to be a, a running team with a good defense. You know, you, you see the new, the new management coming in, the new coach, sorry, coming in. in how do you say his last name? I never get it right. Saleh? Is it Saleh? Robert Salah. Is it Salah? Salah. I believe so. All I know is he seems like an awesome coach, man. Like if I was playing football, I want to play for that guy. You know, I'd run through a wall for that guy. Yeah. But um, no, man, I, I think the running game is where it's at for 2021. Um, I, I think Wilson gives you, like I said, depth piece at super flex. But in one quarterback, and you you touch, touched on it, Vic, um, you're looking at in dynasty startups right now, like he's going way too early in round, what is it, round four? Yeah. Uh, where did I have it? Yeah, he's going around round four. Sorry, he, he is he is a fourth rounder right now, actually. So for me, that's way too rich for my blood, especially if you look at the opportunity cost. So I don't know about you guys. Maybe on our show, we do OTC. Maybe I throw you guys some OTC. Do you rather Zach Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers for me. Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson or Matt Stafford? Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Zach Wilson or Hurts? Like I could go through the list, dude. Maybe at Tua, you start, you know, maybe you're not a Tua guy, but even then, I mean, he's shown me enough uh, and they've done enough around him for me to take him ahead of Wilson. So Wilson is at the bottom of a tier for me. I'm not even expecting QB2 production from him for this year. But look, if you're in reno mode and you're you're one of those, like, I'm not building for now type of guys, get him and get Elijah Moore. And there's your happy stack. Hashtag always be stacking uh, for, for a good, you know, maybe maybe a decade there on your roster. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And me and, and me and Vic were kind of in the same boat as Zach Wilson. I know in one of the leagues that we draft together, we took him with the 110 and Superflex, and it was like, you just get to a point where it makes sense. It's good value. 110 to get another quarterback. I was like, bro, I know we don't like him, but let's just draft him. I like what the team is trying to do for him more than I like the player. They tried yeah. to bring yeah. in a bunch of weapons. They brought in an exciting coach and, you know, posted up the offensive line. So it's a team that's doing for him, and that's all you can ask for. And he has to really pan out for himself at that point. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. I'm not a big fan of Zach Wilson, but the team wants him to be the face of the franchise. And sometimes you have to run with it, even if you're in a position of having a player that you don't like. I just wouldn't overpay. I wouldn't overspend, but you get to a point where if he falls, I'll accept it. I'm, that's where I met with that was. Yeah, and I do want to clarify, like when I say I'm out on a player, it means I'm out on spending rookie draft capital. Um, so I, I always leave room for player progression. I mean, this guy's a professional athlete. Athlete, he's around professional trainers, so you would hope you know he takes a leap in development. Um, so as far as me being out, I'm out on spending draft capital. Because I don't want to be a stubborn dynasty player, right? Like, I don't want to just be out and wish the guy fails and then I just be stubborn and not be good at dynasty. So, you always want to leave that door open from that standpoint. So, happy to watch from the sideline this year uh, to see how he performs. All right. Um, let's get into this uh, running back room. So, of course, you know, they brought in a lot of guys. And I'm just going to throw out the guy who I believe is the most talented, at least with having all the tools from rushing and receiving skills. Um, so Michael Carter Jr., running back out of North Carolina. Uh, you know, he's a 1A, 1B to Javante Williams. Um, but this guy put up over 200 rushing yards and nine touchdowns as a senior at North Carolina. Uh, monster, monster games. Um, also, he he's excels in the receiving game as well, and he's not afraid to run in between the tackles. So he's a little bit on the smaller end, but I definitely like, you know, his grit as far as running between the tackles. So are you guys in or out on Michael Carter? Do you feel, you know, he, he can be a RB2 in Dynasty or RB3? Where do you guys have uh, Michael Carter? I'm, I'm in. Um, I've been drafting Michael Carter in redraft, um, and I like him in Dynasty as well. Um, I, I only worry about him as a long-term running back because they didn't invest a lot of draft capital in him. Um, but I think that his receiving ability is going to make him, um, you know, very appealing. I think he'll – I think he's a, he's a good, run, good runner, um, but I think he looks like a natural receiver. And you bring up Javante Williams, who, who everybody loves. Um, Michael Carter uh, had more rushing yards than he did um, in the same backfield. So for me, um, you know, he's a guy who's competed against NFL talent in the same running back room already, um, and he was very successful. Um, and the coaching staff speaks extremely highly of him. Um, I know they had him even working in the slot a little bit, so they they like his versatility. Um, so I'm I'm in I'm in on Carter. Um, I think he's he's definitely the back to have this year. Um, and from a dynasty perspective, I think he's definitely worth a shot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I like him. I like him a lot, and I think he'll be successful right from his rookie season. Nice. What about you, JD? I agree, man. And and this is where you know, again, Theo, Dan, and I just our style of drafting. Uh, whether it's best ball, I just took him actually in the 150, the the 100K on FFPC in the seventh round as my RB two. Like if you're going wide receiver heavy. Uh, I'm, I'm pairing him up with Derrick Henry. And if the, in this range, Theo nailed it, man, you're looking for, for the, the, the receivability. And that's where like, uh -huh. if you're, if you're deciding between Michael Carter and, and I was in this situation and Damian Harris, uh, 
yeah, maybe Damian Harris seems like he's in a better scenario, but give me the the pass catcher. And and the reason for me is these guys you're drafting after those first you know handful of rounds, you're not depending on them as your starter. Like now he's my RB two, but I'm I'm going to be filling that RB two with two to five guys, right? Two to four guys. So if you're taking this guy, you're not you're basically hoping that he blows up, takes over that offense. And how is he going to take over that offense if he can't catch the ball? He's only going to be goal line guy, short yardage guy. Whereas now you have a possible workhorse stud who can win you a league in a big tournament, right? So it's same in fantasy. If you if you can get him at a right price, you trade for him, uh, get him on your roster. Uh, I was looking on the FFPC and Dynasty. He's going right now in the fourth round. Nope, wrong. Sorry, sixth round. So you talked about Javante Williams, Theo. That's two rounds difference. So you can grab yourself, let's say, again, opportunity cost. Maybe you, you grab yourself a McLaurin or a DeAndre Hopkins, and then you grab Carter later. Um, so if you're heavy, heavy, I do like the solo, the solo stud RB approach where I'm grabbing one RB early, whether it's in the first three rounds at some point. I'm loading up stud receivers. <coughs> I start filling in my RB2. Carter is the perfect guy for that. If you look at guys like Javante William that you compare him to, you can see where the, the value is in a guy like Carter. The, the Jets, just in general, they're a good valued offense if, if you pick the right pieces. Yeah, and you keep comparing him and Javante both coming in as rookies. And Melvin Gordon isn't some stud anymore, but he's a veteran who didn't play horrible last year. So there's a world where Melvin's going to play this year, especially if you need players right now to come play. It's perfectly fine. And there's the world where Javante has the more upside later on down the line as a third down back or whatever you want him because the investment. But Michael Carter may not have the big investment this year, but what he does have is the great shot to be a to be a third to be like the pass catching option for years to come. I know you talked about the investment, and I know it's a lot of running backs coming out over the next couple of years, so that might be scary if they do make an investment with a lot of draft picks coming up. But this is a guy where even if they take a guy next year, he can still have a role no matter what. He could go out there and shoot a shot, being the best, most talented back this year, could win the backfield, could win over the team. And even if he doesn't, he can still have a role coming into next year. So I love to shoot my shot in redraft and in dynasty on Michael Carter, man, because he's a professional, he's a great player, and his role could last and be even bigger than what I really expect, to be honest, going forward. And and well, guys, like just, to, just to keep it simple, that that's what the new coach. This he's he's the guy the new coach picked. If you look at that whole backfield, uh, that whole committee that people are calling, this is the guy they handpicked. Man, the guy calling the shots. This is who they handpicked, and they're going to be a running team. So why wouldn't you want the upside that this guy offers? Yeah, and you can do a lot with a Michael Carter because you know you use him like a Naeem Himes, right? He's running in between the tackles a lot, and you think he's in there just to catch passes. So Michael Carter can do both. So. Um, I like it from that standpoint. I'm going to group these next guys together. Let me know if you're stashing any of these guys in Dynasty or, or if you're not checking for them at all. So they got Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman, and Michael Pirine. I'm not checking for any of those guys, but I'll be honest, I do have some Ty Johnson stash. Only because he's 23 years old, and he could be a starter possibly, even if it's early on and Michael Carter ends up taking on a role. So just to fill out my depth in these deeper leagues, I do have a couple of Ty Johnson shares. Are you checking for any of these guys, or are they irrelevant from your standpoint, Theo? I mean, I'll keep an eye on P. Ryan, and I'll keep an eye on uh, Johnson. If it's a super deep league, I wouldn't mind having one with kind of, you know, the competition at running back. 
Ty Johnson's got a, a really nice athletic profile. Um, but to me, it's 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 Carter, and, and I'm I'm pretty much out. Um, unless it's a super deep league. Gotcha. I, I like going running back deep in drafts, uh, whether it's best ball or dynasty, just because I feel like the the guys you're drafting there have a way higher chance to to be significant uh, for you, especially when you're choosing to start lineups. But I mean, guys, Ty Johnson going in the 20th round, Tevin Coleman, uh, these guys are free. So if you need RB death, depth, uh, for me, this is, uh, you know, the low hanging fruit is is the RB uh, situation in New York, especially at these prices. You look at a guy like Tevin Coleman, we talked about Carter. Yeah, he looks awesome. But how many rookies bust? Who's going to take that over first? Most likely Coleman gets the first shot, right? To, to get a significant yeah. share of, of that offense. So you look at where he's going, guys. It's like free again. It, so in RB, I, you know, the way I build my roster is I want to be top heavy at receiver and I want depth at running back because you pretty much know when these guys are going to start you know, whether it's injury or just the team playing the hot hand. Um, and these guys fit nicely for me uh, personally. I'm not going out and overpaying for them, but at the price, man, they're cheap. They're, they're almost free. Yeah. What about you, Dot? Don't. You didn't even have to ask me. I thought we was going to do one of these weird brother I look things where it'd be like, he don't even want to talk about none of these guys. But I do agree, super deep league. Ain't nothing like stashing running backs on the back end. Because next man up is how you should build your teams when it comes to the back end of your roster. Ain't nothing like stumbling upon a, a starting running back out of nowhere in the middle of the season. So pick and choose. Get these guys thrown in and trade. Don't go pay for them. Check your waivers. Some of them are probably on there. It's just those are the type of guys you throw on, like I said, the back of your bench. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I'm, I'm not in on anybody else. And if you have some of these guys in Dynasty on your roster, guys, and you don't think they're going to do anything for you, go look for the Michael Carter owner and 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 try to trade one of these guys to him. Maybe they're a handcuff guy. Maybe you get a third round pick out of it. Maybe you get something out of it that you can hold that a value to, to increase it, you know the value of your roster. Yeah, or even if a P Ryan or if a Ty Johnson flashes, go flip them for a second or third early on right. too. So look for those opportunities. Um, but they they definitely feel like one year rentals um, from that standpoint. All right, let's get into this wide receiver room. So Corey Davis, 26 years old. He was brought in from the Tennessee Titans. Um, so he's projected to be the number one wide receiver there. Um, so, of course, we all know he's a good possession receiver. He gets downfield. Um, he's peaked as a wide receiver three, at least in that Tennessee offense. Um, but do you guys think he could finish as a wide receiver two, being the man in the Jets offense? I think he's going to get an opportunity there. Um, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to talk about another wide receiver they have um that i think could, could be a little more appealing um but davis they gave the contract to um you know he had a he had a poor start to his career um but he was a you know a, a top six draft pick um he's big he can block he's a he's a fine pass catcher he had success across from aj brown um i think he's certainly going to get um an opportunity um i think he could he could definitely be i think wide receiver three is a safe bet um and I think that, you know, there's a, there's a scenario where he does finish as a wide receiver two. Um, I probably think he's more of a wide receiver three um, type uh, for this season. Um, but they, I know they really like him in New York. And, um, you know, he's going to be on the field a lot. So um, that's not a guy I'm shying away from. I don't know if that's necessarily a guy I'm heavily targeting, though. But I, I don't mind Corey Davis. Yeah. 
Yeah, when it comes to the passing game in, in New York, uh, in best ball, they're super cheap. If you want to stack, do some late stacks like the Jets, the the, the Bears, uh, you know, the Giants. Like these are stacks that you can build later on your roster after you've built your starting lineup. So I like guys like Davis. You can even stack Davis and and Elijah Moore together, and then grab um, grab Wilson as your QB two. You know, if if you're grabbing one in a in a best ball. But in, in dynasty, I mean, again, I'm not necessarily chasing the passing game in New York. I always kind of take a macro level before I get in close. And for me, New York, I mean, like I said earlier, this is going to be a defensive team running the ball. And, and that's where I want to focus if I'm trying to get pieces. You're looking more long term, Reno mode, uh, you know, uh, uh, rebuild, I guess uh, most people call it. It's, uh, I mean, these are cheap pieces that you can grab. I like what Davis offers in this offense because, look, let's face it, there's a shit ton of, of targets available, right? I, I just don't think they're going to lean on Wilson enough to have Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, like, you know, uh, Crowder, like everybody's going to be a top, you know, top 24, top 30 receiver out in New York. Uh, if you get these guys cheap, maybe you get them thrown into a deal, fine. If I have him on my dynasty team, personally, I'm looking for the Zach Wilson owner and I'm hoping he likes stacks and I go out and make a deal uh, that'll get me some good. I agree, man. I'm not See, I'm actually, going, I'm to actually go going check. the other way. I... Oh, what you? Oh, no, wait, wait. No, what you about to say, Theo? Elijah, nah, Elijah, Moore. Theo. Elijah Moore is my guy. I'm aggressively targeting okay. Elijah Moore for all of my dynasty teams. I think Elijah Moore okay. is the real deal. Um, I think that Elijah Moore, if you're, if you're a dynasty team, that's that's the guy I'm going out to get. Um, I, I think that he is going to be a top 20 wide receiver multiple seasons in this league. Um, I think he's explosive. Starting I starting think, when? So I he's for me. He, I I've been I've been drafting him this year. I prefer him to Davis this year at cost. Oh, um, same same. The upside that, the the upside is is huge versus a guy like Davis. Yeah. Absolutely. And in, in dynasty, I mean, I'm, I, I think that the fact that it's a crowded wide receiver room, I think it's, it, it maybe makes um, Elijah Moore's cost slightly lower, but I think he's, I think this is a great rookie wide receiver class and Elijah Moore was one of my favorite ones in this whole class. So um, I'm all about Elijah Moore. I think his usage will be kind of like Debo Samuel um, rookie year where they're going to get him low a dot touches. They're going to give him an opportunity um you know, to, to be kind of manufactured touches. And I think that he's a, a very explosive player. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about going and getting Elijah Moore. I think, I think that he's going to be a, a, a stud in New York. Um, this year, the fact that Crowder is still there could, could hurt a little bit. Um, I think if Crowder was out of the way, I think that would kind of clear a path. But I think Elijah Moore is, I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be a really, really productive NFL player. Dot, do you uh, rather have Cooper uh, Cup or Elijah Moore? Ah, uh, man. Give me give me Elijah Moore, man. Ooh, I, I love I Cooper Cup. That. I love I love Cooper Cup. I really do. But uh I don't know, man. I really love the upside of Elijah Moore. I the issue is I think you're gonna have to bite the bullet this year with Elijah Moore. I like his upside too, and his ADP compared ADP compared to Corey Davis this year. But Elijah Moore, with all the weapons they have, with how little I think they're going to let Zach Wilson throw, and, like, the offense is going to be quick. Snap the ball, get it out of there quick. 
I think he's going to just throw it to anybody that's open, anybody that he can. It's going to be real first read. And I don't know if that's going to mean a lot for Elijah Moore this year. So I think there will be spots for a good buy opportunity this year, especially people get pissed off seeing Jameson Crowder out there still catching balls and Keelan Cole getting involved. I think there's a world where it's like, oh, my gosh, they have all these people. But you got to remember, they're getting up there in age. Talent is falling down at the same time. And I think he'll shoot up and be the most talented guy sooner than later. But I do think there's a world where, like, starting off, though, it's going to be a lot going on in that receiving core. But I love Elijah Moore and his talent, man. He's he's fire. And Cooper Cup's getting a little bit older, still getting a little bit banged up. I love that he's with Stafford. But, man, he's still got to stay healthy, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I – th- I actually I actually traded for Elijah Moore today in a pretty big league. I sent I, I sent Miles Gaskin and a 2022 second for Elijah Moore. Um, I, I'm aggressively trying nice to get him. And then trade, I think that that's a great, great nice question trade. by uh, – Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that trade. But, but what Easy money. If you're, a, if you're a contender this year, it's probably Cup. If you think you can, you can ship it this year, one, one of the better teams in the league, you know, go get the 27, 28 year old guy. Um, but if you're uh, if you're not if you're like a middle of the pack towards the bottom of the of the pack team, that's exactly the kind of trade you should make. Because I, I mean, Elijah Moore, I, I think that's I think it's a great great trade proposal by by JD. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all about Elijah Moore. I, I just I just don't think you can depend on him for 2021. But dynasty, nah. him, the Moors, man, the Moore brothers, Rondell and Elijah, give me all of the Moors this year. There you go. Give me yeah. more. And uh, give me for more of the Morris. <laughs> for, for me, Elijah Moore is Jameson Crowder 2.0. I mean, even watching him at Ole Miss, like when I was studying film, I just looked at him, you know, marched the ball at the field, being peppered with targets. I'm like, he reminds me of Jameson Crowder. And then what do you know? He ends up with the Jets. So I just thought that was pretty cool right. to see. But, uh, hey, if you got a guy like A.J. Brown cutting onions when you get drafted, speaking to your level of talent, that speaks volume too. So. If AJ Brown's going to put his, you know, stamp of approval on the guy, I'm all in just off that alone. Um, so it looks like we're both in, or at least we're all in on Elijah Moore. Let's talk about Den- Denzel Mims. 23 years old, he's an explosive, you know, big play wide receiver. Of course, he dealt with some injuries last year. How do you guys see him fit into this offense? Are you still in on him, or are you out? Just giving it to Crowder wide receiver room. I'm out. Uh, I'm yeah. out. Like I said, I think everybody will be involved, but nobody's going to be involved enough to really matter. Corey Davis is the number one. I'm, I'm for sure of that. Elijah Moore is going to be the exciting guy being tossed out there. If they don't get rid of Jamison Crowder, he's such a professional. He goes out there and works his butt off. He's good. He's going to still get out there and play. And I don't care what nobody say. Keelan Cole didn't look bad last year when he had opportunity, man. So they went and paid him this offseason. Uh, maybe they didn't really think they were going to go draft Elijah Moore, but I think, like I said, I think they're all going to play. And uh, I don't, I don't know what that means for Mims. I, I think he's on the back end of all the guys I already named. Last I heard, Mims was beating uh, the third string guys on on the field. So uh, again, you know, like if you're going to go deep on a roster, let's look at I don't know the Chiefs, the Bucks. You know, Green Bay, like let, let's somebody that's throwing the ball, that's got a quarterback. This, this team is not going to lean on the quarterback. So for me to go deep, look, if again, if you're rebuild, you're reno mode and you're building for future, these guys are as cheap as they're going to be, man. They're like Bitcoin circa a month ago when I was telling the people to buy at 28. Well, now it's at 48. 
so or 46 or 47 around there today but you know if you believe in mims now's the time to buy him because he's super cheap but personally i'm not i'm i'm not even wasting my energy on guys that deep on on a non-throwing team yeah what about you theo are you in or out on denzel mims given the other wide receivers that are brought in between rookies and vets I think that it's a guy that the previous coaching staff, um, you know, invested in. I think that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, I really like Denzel Mims uh, coming out of Baylor. So it's a little disappointing, yeah. but it, it seems like they don't really have him as part of the plan. I think he's the kind of guy that could um, be more appealing on his next NFL team. Yeah. But I like the talent. I like the profile. And um, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's going to happen in New York. All right, let's move on to the tight end room really quickly. Are you guys still checking for Chris Herndon? Is that is he going to be a thing? I was about to say, I think we should agree that we're going to skip the tight end room, but that's my opinion. But, you know, hey, hey, who am I? Who am I to know a Jets tight end? We're in, we're in mostly tight end premium, and I have zero Herndon. Maybe, maybe left over on a roster in Dynasty somewhere, but this year did not draft any of it. Yeah. I think we were all burned by uh, Chris Herndon last season. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on Chris Herndon. Um, I had high hopes, and it, it was very disappointing last year, so I'm out. All mm-hmm. right. I do want to throw out there, I do have a couple of Kenny Yaboa stashes. Um, so he reminds me of a David Njoku. I'm not expecting much out of that situation, but I just want to put it out there. I do have a couple stashes. All right. Um, let's move on. So let's move move on to the Miami Dolphins. So we got Tua. Um, so of course, you know, he had a late start last year coming off the COVID season, just given there was no preseason. And of course, uh, we have Fitzmagic. So he started half the season. Then after the bye week, they turned the reins over to Tua. Um, so are you guys still in on Tua from a dynasty perspective? Do you feel he can reach a QB one status or is he a QB two from your guys' perspective in dynasty? Yeah, he's he's for me he's a top end QB two. He's going round five right now, dynasty wise. I, I was buying, I think the time to buy Tua was like two three months ago in the starting of the off season when you know the the people who did believe in him were maybe not drafting him high enough because now I feel like he's kind of moving up. You you start hearing you know the the masses talk about how they believe in Tua, what they've done around him. I think this team. As a whole, uh, I think the, the division is getting better if you look at the Jets and even the Patriots versus last year. So it's it's going to be, I think, a tougher year for them in the division. Uh, but Tua, I think, is a good buy. And if you could still get him at a reasonable price, I mean, again, like we talked about, um, you know, we talked about franchising, investing in guys. Miami's done everything for Tua to be successful. And that's what you want to see. Now, offensive line still outside of the top 20 uh as per pff and that's where my concern is and that's why i'm probably not touching this running game maybe now uh what's his name is that a value we'll we'll talk about him uh i'm sure but uh tua i think was a better buy a couple months ago or even to a month ago i think he's starting to get to uh kind of where his his price is uh but i i think that he's gonna do i think he's gonna do well and he's gonna be successful in this miami offense yeah, so I'm. I agree with JD. I think the two of this year is going to be like a high end QB two. Um, they have so much speed around him. Um, you know, Waddle, uh, Fuller, Jaseki, um, Devontae Parker is is athletic. Um, they have so. I mean, Albert Wilson when he's healthy is athletic. 
I mean, they've, uh-huh. they've put a lot of speed around him. So it's um, stylistically, I, I like what they've done. I, I am concerned about the offensive line. Um, I think that there is an argument to be made that they should have gone with like a a Slater um, over over a Waddle, a Sewell over Waddle, um, even though I like Jalen Waddle. Um, but I think that they're giving Tua a chance to succeed with um, with the offensive weapons around him. And, um, you know, he's a dynamic player who, who – he, he's got he's got kind of like that it factor um when you watched him at Alabama it's kind of like you, you couldn't really describe it but it was there um and I think he's got a chance it wouldn't shock me if he's a QB1 this year but I think JD's right I'll say he's a he's a definitely a, a very valuable player in Superflex um and I think his career is is headed up yeah yeah I agree I love Tua man I I love him since he was at Alabama I love him coming out I love what the organization is doing for him right now. The same thing with Zach Wilson. I wasn't a fan of Zach Wilson, but to a certain extent, you have to appreciate what they're trying to build around him and give him the opportunity, man. That's all you can ask for, man. Love to have him as my QB2 in any kind of super flex league. And just love his upside because I love the weapons around him, man. So I'll still go get me some Tua. And if you don't already have him, like you said, I think you missed your opportunity. But he was a hell of a box. There was so many people out of him. ESPN was basically saying get rid of them in real life. So then people in fantasy were like, we don't want them either. That opportunity where you could have bought them for almost anything is out the window. But I still love to. Yeah. Speaking of trade. So actually in the offseason, I actually traded Michael Thomas in my 21 second for Tua and someone's 21 first. I ended up turning that first into Jalen Waddle. So now I got that Tua Waddle stack. So we got the stack going, and then uh, that team ended up drafting Rondell Moore. But I'm all in on Tua, so uh, we, we can keep it moving. Let's get to this running back room. Miles Gaskins, of course, PPR monster, finished as an RB3 last year. He was on track to finish as an RB2, giving all the catch, catching upside. Um, now, of course, the report's coming out with Coach Brian Flores, going to be a three-headed monster between Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed. So for me, I'll be honest, man, this running back room feels like a one-year rental. Uh, it's not something I really want to invest in for the long term. I feel like they're going to bring in their, you know, long term solution next year in the draft. So that's what I'm expecting. But man, let, let's start with Miles Gaskin, and then also let me let me know if you guys are checking for any of these other guys. So are you guys still in on Miles Gaskin? I'm trying to get out. Um, I had I had some <laughs> uh, some shares. I mean, I made the Elijah Moore trade um, today. Um, I have another team where it's kind of like, do I keep him for running back depth? I just feel like in Dynasty, a guy like Miles Gaskin, despite his success last year on a per-game basis, um, you know, he could be dust in a year. You know, the, the like the Dolphin, he was a seventh-round draft pick. Um, Brian Flores, um, he seemed to be Brian Flores' guy last year. They had they brought in Brita, they had brought in Howard, and Gaskin um, as a second-year guy, um, you know, Flores gave him the job in volume and then some and gave him all he could handle. Uh, but now he's talking about a committee. They went out and signed Malcolm Brown, who shouldn't really get anybody excited for fantasy, but Malcolm Brown's kind of like that annoying player that's going to take away touches. They'll use him on third down sometimes. And Salvin Ahmed, um, he was, he's kind of like the the dark horse here. Um, he was successful. He had, I believe it was like three starts where he was pretty useful last year. Um, Might've been two starts. Um, so I don't know, for me, it's, Gaskin at cost, I think I'm out. Um, if it's a redraft and you're talking about him going in like sixth round of redraft, I think that's a very dangerous player to be drafting. 
Um, and then in terms of dynasty, if you can cash out and get a get a better player, you you've got to cash out. I mean, running backs who running backs who teams don't have draft capital in and have limited sample size, um, and were kind of like waiver wire guys the year before, cash out. James Robinson's a great example. Even if James Robinson is is successful this year, the fact that they went and got ETN, you think about what you could have gotten for James Robinson before the draft. It's like when teams don't have draft capital in a guy. Um, Go cash out, and J- and Miles Gaskin is is definitely the like a poster child for that for me now. I think he could be useful because, uh, like you said, he's a, he's a pass catcher. But I think it's going to be hard to predict the week in week out usage for the Miami running backs this year. Yeah, there's only one thing that sucks about doing a show with guys like Theo and Dan is if I let them go ahead of me, there's a pretty high chance that they're going to steal my nugget. And I mean, you nailed it, dude. He he is the James Robinson. And dude, how many months were we telling people ship your James Robinson because the stock's gonna drop, right? And with Gaskin, Gaskin, they didn't even need to draft a running back, and his stock is dropping. He's a seventh round wow. running back on a shitty running team. So what did we expect to happen with his with his value, right? So for me, if you have him on your roster in Dynasty throw a third or whatever pick you need to add to it. That's not a first and get, get cam acres, you know, for next year or something like that. Like I rather have something like that, that, you know, is going to come back and give you better value than sit on a guy. That's just, he's not going to outproduce his ADP. And I mean, look now with this news that he's not, you know, Malcolm Brown, we've all, we've all heard this whole Malcolm Brown, you know, narrative, uh, whether that's true or not, but you know, now maybe is a good time to go get him for super cheap if you do like Miles Gaskin. Personally, I got no shares. Don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, man. I feel bad if you didn't go trade him right after the draft when everybody was like, damn, he got saved. I feel like you're just at a point where you're going to have to take anything you can get at this point. That first preseason game was just downhill because at this point, I know Malcolm Brown is, is such a professional, but there's no need for a guy like Malcolm Brown to come in and beat you out of your reps already. So I don't want any mouse gas because I don't have any investment in any of that backfield, to be honest, man. And with their future going forward, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they've been working on the defense. I know they have to work on the offensive line, but they already got a lot of weapons and stuff going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if they invest into a running back sometime soon for Tua, so. I don't have any investment in anybody in this backfield. All right, let's get to this wide receiver room. I'm going to throw a lot of names out there. And, you know, when you guys do talk up, you know, these wide receivers, just let us know who you're rocking with and who you're out on. So Jalen Waddle for me, of course, dynamic playmaker, brought in to be the number one. Um, of course, they brought in Will Fuller, 27 years old. For me, he's a boomer bust type of guy. But up until week 12, he was actually wide receiver 10, and then he got suspended for – you know, performing performance enhancement drugs. So we know how that goes with the six game suspension. Um, then of course you got Dante Parker, 28 years old. He peaked as a wide receiver 11 in 2019. Hopefully you moved off that since then. Um, then you got Preston Williams, 24 years old who can't stay healthy. So um, let me know, are you guys in on any of these wide receivers? Who are you checking for? I mean, Waddle, Waddle's the one, the one I want um, for, especially for dynasty. Um, like you said, he's extremely explosive. Um, you know, he flashed uh, in a wide receiver room at Alabama where he was surrounded by NFL talent and he still flashed. Um, I think that he's got a he's got a history with Tua. 
they brought him in um, to be a field stretcher. But I think that it's kind of a misconception. Some people think of Waddle as kind of just like a deep threat. Waddle, I, I, you can you can get him the ball around the line of scrimmage. Um, you can do a lot of different things with him. Uh, he can run some of the Tyreek routes. Um, I think he's got a chance to to really pop. Um, and then the other the other wide receivers, um, you know, Parker and Fuller. I don't mind them the cost either. I think that um, they're they're not too expensive. Um, Fuller is interesting because he's a one year uh, contract guy, so he kind of bet on himself. So it's kind of like if you're in on Tua then you should be kind of in on Fuller because they brought Fuller in as like that veteran who can separate. Um, So, you know, performance enhancers or not, Fuller was always pretty, uh, I mean, he had, he had Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball. So it's, he had one of the best quarterbacks in football with him, but for years before, even when it was, um, you know, DeAndre Hopkins time, you'd still see Fuller flashing, you know, getting behind a defense. So I think Fuller, Fuller's still kind of appealing to me and Parker's kind of the forgotten man um I don't mind either of the veterans at that cost but I I would love to have Waddle on on some dynasty rosters I think I mean there's a chance he doesn't hit but I think if he hits he could hit really big yeah I'm looking at Waddle who's your guys Again, it's kind of like opportunity costs. Look, I'm not investing. The, the the pieces I'm looking at in this offense are at the quarterback position in Superflex, and we haven't touched on it yet, but tight end uh, Gasecki right now is is a screaming value. Uh, with uh, Is it Long, the, the rookie tight end that, that they, they brought in? Yeah, I think it was Connor Long. That got injured. So he, he was kind of a threat that you know people were kind of downgrading Gasecki a bit, but that's gone. And I just think, you know, coming into this situation, Tua wants to be successful. I think he does lean on Gusecki. Gusecki sto- uh, showed some success, uh, especially in the second half of last year. I, d- I don't know that he's going to be targeting a receiver enough for me to, again, it's all, do I, am, can I depend on these guys now versus later? Again, if I'm in reno mode, rebuild, fine, waddle, you know, your stack with, with Tua, I've got one of those, that's awesome. But I'm not depending on that for 2021. So if I'm competitive or compete or a contender this year, that's not somewhere I'm looking. I'm probably just sticking to again Tua and Superflex, and uh, you know Waddle more long term with regards to um, to the receivers. But Gasecki is really what I like. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you can actually see him forcing the ball to the tight ends in the preseason already. But uh, I I still do like Waddle and Dynasty, and the same thing I spoke with Elijah Moore. I think there'll be points where you can actually go buy Waddle. Let the hype die down a little bit. I do think Fuller and Parker are going to play a lot. And I do think there's going to be Gusecki getting a lot of love because Tua is always locked in on the tight end. And they're going to give hella opportunities to the running game, especially if their defense come back and it's still good again, man. So I think there'll be flashes where Waddle's going to do some punt return, kick return stuff. So we'll see flashes. We'll like them in, but. Those will be the more big flashes that we'll see and get excited about. So you might be able to buy him because I don't think he's going to get a lot of receiving action this year. That's just my opinion. So uh, if you can find anybody that's down on Waddle midseason, man, it might be a good time to buy him. But as far as redraft, I don't think I want to invest into any of the receiving options either if it's not consecutive. But uh, Dynasty, love me some Waddle, man. Yeah, Jacecki, yeah. I, I agree with you guys. Jacecki's, um, re- like, he's really intriguing this year. Um, super athlete. They draft Hunter Long. 
Um, Jacecki, this is his last uh, year in Miami. He's, they could certainly extend him, but he's coming up on a contract season. I, I like I like guys coming up on contract seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's incentive for them to play, incentive for them to miss. Um, and like you said, Tua last year, end of the season, he was really looking for Jacecki during his start. So they have a chemistry. Um, so I think that that there's something there. Um, Hunter Long is super sneaky for deep dynasty. Hunter Long um, uh-huh. was extremely successful uh, at BC. Had a ton of receptions. I believe he led country in receptions by a uh, tight end. Um, and he, um, you know, they drafted him. To me, it looks like they don't want to pay Jacecki, um, so they are going to have the option of starting Hunter Long next year. So you have a quarterback who likes going to the tight end. Um, you know, Hunter uh-huh. Long is basically free. So stash, stash Hunter Long. And if you need a tight end for this year, absolutely go get Jacecki. Yeah, it feels like a Philadelphia Eagles situation with the Ertz and Guider situation there potentially. But um, we are seeing that too uh, in Gusecki chemistry, even in preseason, um, to your guys' point. And Gusecki's 25 years old, finished as a tight end seven last year. Um, so he's definitely taking a leap coming off his sophomore season as tight end 12. So I definitely like it, man. And last year he had five touchdowns. Definitely expect him to flirt with eight touchdowns. So hopefully uh, he, can, he can achieve that since Tua looks for him a lot in the red zone. Big facts. All right. All right, um, let's move on to the New England Patriots. So, of course, Cam Newton, 32 years old. He was basically the entire offense for the Patriots last year, finished as QB 16. He did a lot of that with his legs. Um, so he had 12 touchdowns on the ground, only threw eight touchdowns in the air, 10 interceptions. He just didn't look good throwing the football. Um, so for me, I'm out on Cam. I mean, I fell for the hype with the shirt off, you know, in the weight room and saying, you know, they forgot about me. Well, I got to forget about you this year, Cam. So I'm moving on. I'm not falling for any more hype videos. Are you guys in on Cam or are you out? I mean, I I, I think if it's a third quarterback situation um, in like a super deep league, uh, like a super flex. I, uh, I've, I've had some Cam. I do think he's going to start the season. I think that they're, they're going to use him. I think Mac Jones will eventually come in. Um, but Cam, Cam, uh, Cam in year two, I don't think he'll be quite as quite as bad as as some people think. Um, again, it's the threat of Mac Jones that kind of scares me off him the most. They go and use that first rounder on a, a guy who looks pretty good to me. Um, so I'm not com- not completely out on Cam in a, in a deep league, um, but it's it's close to it. Okay, about you, JD. Uh, I just auto picked in the the dynasty. What is it? Drafting with gods or something like that? Drafting with I don't know. D W G seven. Sorry, sorry, Andy Singleton. I auto auto picked again. Just I I'm, I'm getting killed in these. This is why you don't do too many drafts, Vic. Because you go on vacation, everybody hates you. You know. Damn. But uh, did you uh, end up with Tebow? I'm trying to see who I ended up with. That's why I'm like refreshing this thing and it's not popping up. It's just showing me that I, that I timed out. It's not telling me my pick yet, but whatever, man, I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think I've got, I've got cam as, as a QB three, uh, I think in super goat, which is, you know, our, our super flex, uh, team in the, or super flex league in the goat leagues. And like, like Theo said, I think he's a good, um, QB three. If you have other pieces to go with it, whether that means like a younger, I don't know, love or like a younger quarterback that maybe hasn't established himself yet. Uh, or maybe you have him, you know, maybe you have him and Fitz to fill in your QB three 
spot, you know, and you, and you play him off, but look, you're not going out to buy cam personally, unless you're super desperate. Uh, maybe there's an injury that comes up before now in the start of the season. And he's someone you can go and get. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mac in here this year. Uh, it's, I feel like it's going to be kind of this back and forth thing, playing the hot hand. We, we all see how new new England goes. And again, similar to the jets, just that the difference here is that they have a really good offensive line. So for me, where I'm looking in this offense is more at the running back position. Uh, if I'm looking for this year and especially at the value that's being offered there, but quarterback, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to draft these guys, even Mac Jones and dynasty. You don't want to have to depend on him this year. If he's your QB three, even in a super flex, you're like, is he going to be playing in that bye week? You know, it, during those two bye weeks. Um, so look, future looking forward, you know, everything, uh, even on the table, give me Mac Jones, obviously, uh, as a future quarterback, I think that's a solid play. And he was a nice value in rookie drafts in, in dynasty at the end of the first, you could get him uh, at a good price. And, uh, you know, Belichick is look at the end of the day, he's putting pieces there for, for the quarterback at the tight end position. They're not going to be throwing long bombs. Let's put it that way in new England, you know? So, um, you want the short, short range game, which is the tight ends, uh, you know, the, the, the slot receiver. And then again, you're not depending on this passing game, especially not cam. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm over the cam situation. He's cool to have on your team as a, as a QB three You can play him until he gets replaced. I mean, it's going to score a lot of rushing touchdowns, no matter what, that's how they scheme them up. But uh, until he gets, he's going to get replaced. And I don't want to be playing the countdown game with anybody on my team like that, man. It's not cool. So, Give me all Mac Jones in Dynasty. I love him with Belichick, and I just like the weapons they already start placing there and the guys that's going to be around Mac Jones when he's ready to step into the line. So Mac Jones all day. Yeah, okay. I would like to see some more zip on the ball from Mac Jones, um, especially watching this first preseason game. It looks like everything's a touch pass with a nice spiral, but definitely want to see some more behind his throws so um so yeah but i can i can see him filling out your roster as a qb3 i'm not mad at it I actually just traded mac jones in one of my home leagues uh i gave up mac jones for miles sanders and um jamar jefferson so and and that's the team where i needed a, a running back so so yeah um so yeah um but, but let's let's move on to this running back room so of course we got we got a lot of these guys here, right? So we got James White, 29 years old, Sonny Michelle, 26, and Damian Harris, 24 years old, and the rookie, Ramon J. Stevenson, at 23. I'm actually out on the New England backfield. I've never really been a fan of it just because you never know whose week it's going to be. I mean, it could be a Rex Burkhead week. I know he's not there anymore, but it's just always random. And then um, I'm spaced on the other guy who would get some random runs at times with Bill Belichick. So how do you guys feel about this running back room for the Patriots? So I, I think it's I think being out on it is a fine way to approach it. Um, I think Damian Harris is going to lead the the backfield in fantasy points, but he's by far the most expensive person um, in the backfield. So Ramondre Stevenson, everybody's kind of hyped about because he he played well in the in the preseason game. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's Damian Harris has kind of. profile um you know he's touchdowns around the goal line so if if cam newton got replaced by mac jones i feel like damian harris could be a thing this year 
Um, but with Cam, with him, uh-huh. um, you know, you he's going to take the the rushing touchdown. So I would I wouldn't mind Damian Harris if you can get him for cheap. Um, but I'm not aggressively going out and getting anybody in the the Pats backfield. Yeah, you, similar, to, similar to Tua, like the time to get Damian Harris was circa two, three, four months ago. That's that's when he was super cheap. People completely forgot about New England, about that offense, about the backfield. They thought they're going to draft. I don't know. I don't even know. Who did they, who did they think? Etienne was going there. Like nobody's going there of significance. Yeah, Ramondre is the new shiny toy in round 13. And maybe if you need depth in Dynasty or you're doing a best ball and you know you want to fill depth at the position – I'm not paying Damian Harris. I talked about Carter and his passing ability and getting myself more of those pass catchers, especially at that price. So Damian Harris, whenever I, I come to that decision, I'm usually passing on him. Um, and, and like Theo said, I'm, I'm not really investing in this backfield much. This offense, I think you can get tight ends at a, at a good value. Um, we talked about the young quarterback coming in, maybe a super flex, but you know, super cheap receivers, that we'll talk about, but it's hard. To, it's hard to want to invest and and be able to depend on anything in this offense truly uh, for this year. Yeah, I'm I'm out. Longest Cam Newton is the quarterback. He makes it hard for me to share my love for Damian Harris at any given point. I do think there's a space in PPR that James White is still going to be somewhat playable here and there, just because the way they scheme him up. You still see it in uh, the preseason. They still scheme him up. They try their hardest to throw him all kind of screen plays. Cam still sucks at throwing the screen ball, but they're still scheming up screen plays for James White still to this moment. And they did bring him back to have that kind of role in the offense. So any kind of full point PPR, I don't mind having James White on the back end of my bench. But that running back is always – it's just always hard to have a running back in Bill uh, Belichick's offense. So. All right, let's move on to this wide receiver room. I'm grouping together Jacoby Myers at 24 years old, who everybody wants to be the number one. And then you also got Nelson Aguilar at 28, Kendrick Bourne at 26, who was brought in from San Fran. And you got Nikhil Harry, 23 years old. I'm actually out on this wide receiver room as well. I mean, Jacoby had a chance to step up and be the number one last year. He didn't really give you wide receiver one or two or three type numbers. So they brought in some tight ends to help with that who we're going to touch on. So just given that, I'm actually out on this entire wide receiver room. So, so let me know you guys' thoughts if you're in on any of these guys. Second worst team uh, or second lowest team in pass attempts per game last year, you know, and, and top three running the ball. So we're, you know, again, kind of keeping fantasy simple, which, you know, you, you kind of figure out that that's the best way to play this game. You, you want pass catchers on, on an offense that's scoring points and throwing the ball. And let's face it, we don't know if they're going to be scoring points, but they're probably not going to be launching the ball. So... You talked about Jacoby Aguilar, maybe a good value, maybe a bit more upside because of the the draft capital and you know what he's shown. Took him a lot longer, but he's finally showing some flashes. Uh, so maybe Eileen uh, Aguilar as like a flyer, but for me, uh, the passing game in New England is is not something I'm I'm really looking for. All right, Theo. So for me, it's for for me, it's it's uh, it's Aguilar. If you want to roster one, um, they gave him the big contract. Um, I think that. You know, a lot of times people say I prefer the guy in best ball. Well, yeah, I mean, Aguilar, I think he's a useful player in best ball. Um, he's going to have some big weeks. Um, it's it's kind of hard to predict which ones. Um, so I, I don't see a need. I think 
the 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 contract they gave to Aguilar and they they brought in Bourne. Um, it's more like uh, kind of stylistically, they're they're decent football players, not necessarily going to be very good fantasy options. I think it's like you said, it's they really setting it up for the tight ends. Yeah, yeah, and I'm over every receiver. None of them have name appeal at this point anymore. And honestly, you just talk about the receiving game in general as much as. I love John Newen as much as I love Hunter Henry. I didn't really like the fact that they brought him in at the same time. And I think with the, like, especially for the right now, limits both of their upside, especially if you have Cam Newton out there running. But, you know, those, I'm I'm more at the space where with tight ends, if you don't have one of the top end ones, then it really doesn't matter to me. Like, these are guys that they shouldn't cost you anything to have, so I don't mind shooting a shot on a guy like, Janu or Hunter Henry, but I just I don't necessarily want to die for either one of them either, man. I love Janu and what he's going to bring to the table. I think they're going to try to get him involved in different kind of ways. And Hunter Henry is a great receiving option who can block very well too. So I love both of them. I think they limit each other's upside, but like I said, if you don't have one of the top tier tight ends, I think you're just floating with any kind of guys anyway at this point. Yeah. And of course, let's close it out with the tight end so room. I think. Go ahead. I think. Go ahead, G- oh, sorry. Go ahead Theo. No, I, I think. Um, I think that they're both very good tight ends, and the fact that they're both next to one another it makes their price cheaper. So I don't. I don't mind taking a shot, um, and rostering one of those guys. Um, I've drafted both of them at times in in redraft leagues this year, and then on my dynasty teams, um, I got Janu, um, super. One startup, and I have some Hunter Henry. But we don't like their wide receivers. Um, we all think Mac Jones is going to take over at some point. I think it's going to be the tight ends being utilized, and I think sometimes the fact that it's crowded creates an opportunity for us to, you know, but you know, if you miss, you're not spending a lot. Um, but if you roster one, it, it might it might work out, and we certainly like the talent of each of them. So I don't mind rostering one of those two tight ends yeah and we've seen new england thrive with two tight ends in the past right rob garnkowski and aaron hernandez um so this passing game is definitely going to run through the two tight ends and you know that's going to make it easier on both cam and mac jones keeping in between the hashes so that that's more their game right now um as they you know roll out that passing game so all right uh let's transition to the buffalo bills uh the best for last so to speak uh at least the hype um, around this uh, team here. So Josh Allen, I think we all agree he's a top five dynasty QB, right? Can we all agree? Do we on have that? to speak on Josh Allen that heavy man. He's he's a no, beast. He's a dog face of the franchise. Love him. Yeah, man. Six year extension, two hundred fifty eight mil. They paid the guy, so one hundred fifty mil guaranteed. He deserved it. So he's balling. Um, I still have some Mr. Bisky. I'm not gonna let him go. Feels like a Marcus Mariota type deal. You just never know. Um, he, he might get a, another chance one day. So. Um, 26 years old, and he might have won you a championship last year against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars if, if you uh, won a title last year in fantasy. so You should be ashamed if he did. <laughs> uh, hey, he went in a press conference and said he's happy to be where he's won it. That's strong I, I, I actually, words from actually, a backup. Yeah. I started him I started him in week 16 on a team that that shipped it. I was streaming all year, and I, I started Mitch. So that's a great that's a great call. He was awesome in that that week 16. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on to the running back room then. So, of course, we got two running backs, Zach Moss, age 23, and Devin Singletary, both 
age 23. So, of course, Moss, uh, you're hearing the reports. He's taking the next step, looking like he's going to take lead as far as what carries. And then also we know Devin Singletary, he catches passes out of the backfield. Are you guys interested in any of these guys in Dynasty, Buffalo Bills running backs? I mean, Moss is, is kind of interesting to me because um, he could take potentially a step forward in year two. But like you said, Josh Allen is the, the – if I want a guy rushing the ball around the goal line, He's it's Josh guy. Allen. Um, I'm, not, I'm not particularly aggressively going to get either of these running backs. I think Moss has kind of been a um, – Moss is kind of a uh, – people are taking him when they punt RB2 and redraft this year. And I think in Dynasty as well, if you want to kind of have a sum of like a few running backs making up your RB2 and like that anchor build, it's not a terrible bet. But um, I'm not aggressively going to get either of those guys. I do think Moss is the one I'd want. I think that's pretty clear at this point where, you know, a year ago there was a lot of Devin Singletary love. I think now it's kind of Moss is kind of taking that over in the in the Dynasty realms, especially and in redraft. Okay. What about you, J.D.? I just don't know if there's four round difference between these 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 guys, right? And and that's where I think Singletary becomes a, a value. Yeah, I prefer Moss, and I had a lot of Moss. And like some of these guys we talked about earlier, I think earlier in the offseason, he was probably a better price. But now going in the eighth, uh, you know, there's I, I don't I don't I don't know exactly where his injury is, but I, I know there was some talk of, of some injury, which is why Singletary played uh, most of the last game, but. I just think that any time you run into these type of offenses, A, it's it's a good offense. So we talk about it often, keeping it simple. You want a running back on a good offense. And this isn't a huge yeah. committee, guys. There's two guys. Yeah, Breda's there. Fine. Breda's like, uh, he's he's beyond free. You know, he's, he's uh, I don't know, what's, what's less, than, what's more than free? I don't know. But my point is, you've got two guys. It's a 50-50 chance, you know, in, in my eyes, that someone takes over this field. You hope someone takes over this field or that an injury occurs. And when you're drafting in these ranges, especially in the double digits, that's all you're looking for. So if you get the starting running back in the double digits of one of the top offenses in the league, uh, yeah, look, Allen's going to steal touchdowns, no doubt. But again, you look at the guys that are being drafted there. Maybe Moss falls a bit now with with talk of of a, a minor injury that, from what I understand, is not going to hold them for long. So, you know, look, Allen and Diggs are the the gold standard that you want in this offense. But the way I build my rosters, and Theo nailed it, you're trying to fill in that RB two spot. These are the guys that you're you're kind of grabbing a group together, and you're hoping that together throughout the season they're going to fill that RB two. All right. Who you like yeah, that? Man, I, I wouldn't love – I still like Singletary and PPR, but, you know, Zach Moss is kind of the guy that I'm kind of pushing toward just because I think they'll be able to use him more. Just like you said, Ryan, you get to the goal line. Josh Allen's going to get some, but, you know, we can just hope that Moss gets some too. So I'm not going to go check for either one, but I actually wouldn't mind either one at their price. Especially in PPR, I love some Singletary. Dot, you want, you want Zach Moss or Damian Harris? Oh man. Uh probably Zach Moss, just the stability of not knowing what the hell the Patriots do week to week, man, and having to wait around to see when they're gonna transition to Matt Jones. At least you just know Zach Moss right now. Give me him with that offense tied to one of the best offenses in the NFL. All right. That'll be I'm the gonna put my flag. <clears throat> 
If I had to pick one, I'm going to go against the grain with you guys. I'm taking Devin Singletary only because, look, they paid Josh Allen all this money to throw the ball. They're not invested in the run game. And look at Mahomes. They paid him to throw the ball as well. Um, so Singletary's going to be out there catching passes. Um, so I'm just going to take the PPR upside there. Um, let's move on to this uh, wide receiver room. We all know Stefan Diggs, top five dynasty wide receiver. Will we agree with that? No need to spend time there. Um, so given that, let's just move on. Absolutely. And of course, you got Co- you got Cole Beasley, age 32. He still gets his 100 targets um, from Josh Allen. So, um, you know, if you got him on your team, maybe you throw him in your flex, you know, if, if you need some depth, what have you. Um, and, of course, you know you got Manuel Sanders. I'm not checking for him. He's 34 years old. But a guy who I am interested in, who I'm stashing in the future, Gabriel Davis, 22 years old. As a rookie, put up seven touchdowns. I mean, flashed with some athletic catches alongside the sideline and made some nice catches. So that's a guy I'm stashing. So who are you guys checking for? in this offense from the receiver game outside of Stefan Diggs. Who you got, Theo? I think he froze. Is he frozen? No. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with you. He's, he's I'm going first, so I'm just letting him go first. All right. Yeah. It's all good. No, it's cool. Who you got, Theo? No, it's it's Gabe, Gabe Davis for me. I mean, like you said, he led the team in, in touchdown catches last year as a rookie. Um, he's the biggest wide receiver they have. He's very athletic. Um, and he showed a chemistry, um, last year, um, with Allen. Um, and I think that the fact that, um, they have Manny Sanders and Beasley kind of makes him a little cheaper in dynasty. Um, I think that he's the second wide receiver to have there. Um, and I think you can get him for cheap. Yeah. What about you, JD? Who you like? I like like as a as a real world football move. I love the Emmanuel Sanders. I love these teams that are bringing in these vets to to kind of help you know the younger guys grow. You know, take the right route. I guess uh, I love that. I love seeing franchises do that. Just it just tells me they're smart. You know, it, and we see that a lot. Uh, look, you're not going out to get Emmanuel Sanders at a high price or anything. Gabe Davis is obviously the upside play. I think you grab if if you're drafting and you grabbed uh, Allen early, you know, as as your top QB, maybe you miss on Davis or not, but there are sorry, not Davis, but Diggs, but stacking him with like Davis, Emmanuel guys, they've shown they want to throw the ball in Buffalo and you want a piece of that throwing offense. I mean, it's simple again, guys, keep it simple, right? So at the price these guys are going, I was just looking kind of where. Again, I'm always looking at opportunity costs. Like if I take this guy, who am I passing on? Brian Edwards, Jarvis Landry, Russell Gage maybe, you know, offers a little something with the new situation in Atlanta with Julio gone. But I mean, I kind of like it. I I really like it in the 13th round of a dynasty startup to get the upside uh, that who should be a number two in one of the top passing offenses in the league. And, And this is a new passing offense. Not like, you know, this is in Green Bay. So uh, to me, sign me up, man. Sign me up for Gabe Davis at that price. Yeah, and we were so excited transitioning out of the season for Gabriel Davis for what he did last year. And if a veteran, Emmanuel Sanders, ran you away that bad, then maybe you don't deserve to have him (laughs) on your team. I I still think he's a go-by right now because there are people that are nervous now. They did keep Beasley. They did bring in Sanders, like I just said. But uh, I think he's a buy because he's cheap. People are nervous off of him, but, you know, so I still think he's a buy right now. I love to have him on a team. He showed well last year, and he's tied to one of the best quarterbacks, best offenses in the league, and that's all you can ask for, man, to be honest. 
Exactly. That's, that's upside right there. Yeah, and I think that um the fact that Brian Dable's coming back, who we all thought was going to be a head coach, and they're able to bring back their offensive coordinator. Um, so it's going to be you know year two of Diggs and and Davis with Dable. Um, I think we could even see you know even more wrinkles and and uh that offense could even take a, a another step forward um from a dominant season last year. So yeah, I'm all in. Give me a lot of bills, and I think that uh. You know, Davis is exactly the kind of guy you want in your bench because he could he could really return at, at cost right now. All right. And last but not least, tight end Dawson Knox. I'm not checking for him. I know he's 24 years old, but hey, if you're not finishing inside the top 20, I don't want you because you're not even a stream, streaming option at that point. So I'm out on Dawson Knox. Are you guys checking for him or stashing him? No, not too interested in Dawson Knox. All right. What about you, J.D.? Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I can never remember if it's Hall, yeah Hollister. Go go grab Hollister for even for nothing. Go go send like your seventh round pick in in the FFPC <laughs> for Hollister out there. Uh, look, man, he's only 27. He he showed some flashes flashes in Seattle, and yeah. similar to get actually similar in Gasecki in the sense that like contracts coming up and all that. But look, he has he hasn't necessarily shown what Buffalo. Look, let's face it, guys. Buffalo is a Super Bowl team right now. You got to step up or you out of there. And Knox has not stepped out yet. So who's next in line? They brought in Hollister for a reason. He's super cheap, tight end premium leagues. Go get yourself your boy. But look, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not out there investing on Knox. I mean, maybe he's a, a deep value in tight end premiums. If you have him on your bench, you, you stick him here and there. But yeah, I, I agree with Dot. Give him the big X. Yeah, my guy's out Thank on that. You. Yeah, uh, I, just I know that was to skip me. Yeah, I know that was jam-packed. So I know we covered a lot of players before we get to this closing. Who's one guy you guys are going to go try to trade for after coming off the uh, AFC East show? Gabriel Davis is going to be the guy I'm going to go target in all my leagues now. I forgot how cheap he is and how people ran off of him, like like how they truly felt about him last year. I feel like some of that didn't die down. That's the guy I'm going to go try to buy tonight. Same. Same. Who you got, Theo? Who you going after? I'm going to try to get as much Elijah Moore as I can handle. I want to have as much exposure to Elijah Moore across my dynasty rosters. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I think that, 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 you know, like we talked about tonight, it's, it's a great time to buy him because of the perception of, of a crowded room. But he's a beast, and he's going to be a star in New York. Okay. How about you, J.D.? Who are you going after? Yeah, I, I like more. I mean, there nobody really stands out out of for some reason. I'm, I'm looking through. I mean, there, there's no no real like slipper. I, I think Gasecki. Gasecki is probably the guy right now Gusecki. that I really I really think that he's especially like we play in a lot of tight end premiums on the FFPC. It's not easy to find a possible stud. And I, I'm like Dot, man. And I know Theo's the same. I know Dan's the same. We want those top tier tight ends especially in tight end premium. You're not winning your league if you don't have a guy that's, yeah, maybe you won with Logan Thomas, but that's because he gave you those numbers, man. Same thing with uh, Buddy in Green Bay. You know, like you, you got to hit on your tight end too. For me, Gasecki right now is a really nice value out there in, in Miami, and I think he's going to gobble up targets. I like that. I'm going to try to go get some Gasecki, but I'm really going to try to go get some Gabe Davis, especially with that Josh Allen extension, six years. So let's fast forward a year or two from now. It's going to be the Diggs and Gabriel Davis show. I mean, they were already the show last year. Diggs had eight touchdowns. Davis had seven. So there's already that report there. So let me go get the forgotten guy. All right. 
Hey, all right, back. all right. Thanks for the closing, bro. I got you. So this is what we do for the closing, guys. For those for those who don't know, this is where we bring to the table anything that's been stressing us out, or that, or it could be some good news. Just any kind of storyline that you want to bring to the table. This is your chance and your platform to enlighten us, all the fans, all the listeners, to just put us up on anything. So um, we usually have Avo playing some kind of motivational music, but he's not here. So shout out to Avo. And before we get to the closing, bro, let's do this. Hey, follow me at DynastyBro.Dot on Instagram and Twitter and follow the main Instagram page, DynastyBrosFF. Theo, can you tell the good people where they can follow you at, please? So you can find me at the OG Fantasy Um on Twitter, I'm I'm in I'm you know I'm tweeting a lot, especially this time of year. Um, you can find me on the Goat District, and then you can find my my articles on Player Profiler, um, and some on Breakout Finder. I'm doing the Waiver Wire article on Player Profiler this year, which I'm pretty excited about. And um, yeah, this is a blast tonight. I really enjoyed talking with you guys. Um, this was really 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 a lot of fun. No doubt, Appreciate no that. doubt. JD, where can we follow you at if we need to get to you, brother? At Goat District on the Twitter machine, find our goodness. Uh, just look for Goat District, YouTube, podcasts. Uh, you know, Theo kind of underplays how awesome he is and, and just the awesomeness that he brings. He's been bringing in some serious guests, six-digit winners, back-to-back winners from the FFPC, just just ballers all around. I don't know, Theo, you got any names you could throw out? I'm blanking right now, but you guys have been bringing in. Dwayne McFarlane uh, to, is one, Josh Larkey is another guy we've had a couple times now, just guys that are proven winners. So this this Friday night, we have uh, Chad Schrader um, coming on. Um, and if, if you don't know who he is, um, you should Google him because he's probably the most successful fantasy player to, to ever play. Um, he's he's won every major contest, and he's kind of kind of share his process on how he's going to, um, you know, attack drafts, attack waiver wire. Um, it's going to be a useful show. Um yeah, we're we're doing a lot of great things in the Go District, like like JD said. Um, and yeah, give us give us a look. It's um it's been some great guests all summer long. We've we've mixed in some very successful um, high stakes players with some some big time analysts. And you know, we're talking dynasty, we're talking redraft, we're talking all, all kinds. Of, we had a best ball show that was great the other day. Um, so we're, we're doing a lot of great things. It's simple, guys. If you want to win in fantasy, which is the only reason you're listening to an hour and 45, and guys, I apologize. This is what we do on the GOAT District. We 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 stretch these things out for some reason. We don't do it on purpose. But we, a, like to we love to hang out and talk fantasy, man. Who doesn't? Guys, this was awesome. I ain't like, mad at it, baby. Honestly, this was a blast. I love that you guys are Colts fans. Shout out to that. That's just, again, unfamiliar to me. So I yeah. love that we talk Colts. Uh, but no, this was a blast, man. And, and you know, I bring up Theo and the guests and all that on the GOAT. Like, guys, seriously, if you want to win in fantasy, the GOAT district, go check out the channel, subscribe. There's all kinds of goodness. Live high stakes drafts on the regular. Theo and Andrew are one, at, you know, at least one, if not two or three live drafts a, a week that are 350 buy-ins playing for, you know, half a million dollars. Like, it's no joke, guys. We're we're showing you guys what we're doing out there in the field. You know, same way these players. So check out the Go District. You can find me at Go District. This was awesome, guys. This was yeah. a ton of fun. And I'm going to say this, uh, just a dot to your question. One kind of pet peeve I have is, guys, you don't always have to take a side. You don't always have to be so set in your ways. Be open-minded, man. Be flexible. Flow with the draft. Don't go in saying I'm never drafting a quarterback in this round or running back in this round or 
I only draft running backs early or guys be flexible, man. Try different ways. If, if you're so set in your ways and you're only doing it one way, you're just not drafting enough. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Big facts. All right, Vic, where can we follow you at? And then we're going to get into the closing and get out of this, this piece. All right, yeah, you guys can follow me at Chief Sosa FF, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you listen, Dynasty Bros FF. And, yeah, we got some big things coming, so we're excited. And shout-out to my guys, Goat District. Make sure you guys get them a follow, man. So glad you guys were able to come on. All right, so look, J.D. Theo, follow my lead. I'm going to go first. This is the closing. This is what I'm going to bring to the table. This is what I want to say to all the listeners. Hey, stay safe. Go get checked. The virus and the pandemic is still real. Uh, I know everybody wants to be outside. Everybody wants to go do activities. Please stay safe. Health is important. I actually am still, I still have COVID, to be honest, man. I found out last week right before I was supposed to go to the, the expo with Vic. And uh, I basically had to bail out gracefully and canceled the whole trip. My brother still held it down. He went down there, he networked, met a bunch of people, so I'm glad he did that. Sorry I couldn't be there, man. It looked nice, seen all the pictures. He told me about everything that was going on, but I had to make a decision to go get checked because I wasn't feeling good. So I need everybody to make sure they're doing the same. Take care of themselves to make sure that everybody else can make it through this pandemic alive, man. I was blessed to not be hit as hard as you know, a lot of people have. I know people have lost lives during this time. So take care of yourself, man. The pandemic is real and COVID is nothing to play with. So I'm just blessed to, like I said, to not have it as bad. So that's my say something good to the people. Everybody stay healthy. Uh, Theo, JD, one of y'all want to chime in about anything? Um, it doesn't have to be COVID related, health related. It could be anything. If you want to say something good, something positive you got going on you want to share man this is your opportunity right now i just want to let everybody know we're not just a fancy football podcast we're real life podcast and we're all human beings so we got to make sure that our mental health and our our physical health is all good week to week at the same time so anybody else want to go i'll, I'll throw in real quick uh, just on that because i i do think that's very important man and i i think uh, i think health sometimes gets pushed to the side you know we have families we have priorities we have jobs we have podcasts to make uh, and, and our health. Maybe we're sitting at a laptop for like 18 hours straight or whatever it is. I'll, I'll say this. I'm, I'm, I just turned uh, mid forties old AF is, is what they call it. Uh, there's two things that I will say when it comes to like lifestyle and health uh, meditation and yoga are probably the two things that I wish I had incorporated in my life decades ago. Uh, that are the, you know, in the last, I would say five to eight years that I've incorporated. So anyone that's dealing with like stress or body aches or anything like that, any, you know, issues with their health, try those two things, man. They're simple. You can do five minutes meditation every morning. It'll change your life. I guarantee it. That's what's up. Theo, you got anything you want to chime in on, man? It could be anything related, honestly. No, I think that um, you, you guys were both, both said pretty powerful things. Um, I'll just say to, to um, enjoy the rest of your summer uh, safely. Um, the, uh, people listening to this, this podcast are, are, you know, we're grinding for fantasy. Um, this is the stretch run. Um, we're almost there. NFL's almost here. So, so get ready and uh, try to get a little relaxation before, before it's over. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Football talk. Vic. You rounded right. it up, man. What yeah. you got to say to the people? 
I'm gonna take mine worldwide, but I do want to uh, shout out everybody who I met at the expo. I had a good time. Everybody's literally down to earth and approachable. So shout out to everybody I met, and also shout out to everybody who's coming next year. And I do want to acknowledge and shout out um, the the people in Haiti. So of course they were impacted by an earthquake. Over 1.9 million people impacted, and we've had about roughly 2,000 deaths, and the numbers are climbing. So definitely want to send thoughts and prayers to the people of Haiti, and I also want to send thoughts and prayers to the people in Afghanistan. And not to get into the political side of things, but just you know, for the people who are you know, just literally, you can't choose where you're born, right? But you're just there to help raise and build your family. So um, a lot of people are terrified on the grounds there. So I just want to send some thoughts and prayers that way too. I love that, man. That's what's yeah, up, man. All right. Hey, thank y'all for making it through this two hours with us, man. I love getting content out. I love when we get to talk and be so informative, man, because it's not just for me. It's not just for them. It's just for everybody, and I love it, man. And this was real informative. I had a real good time with you guys, man. I really did. Hey, and we have to have you back when we have the DJ and we have the real setup because it's so live. I hate that you know, we had to come. I was sick, so everybody had to record remote, and I apologize. But we would love to have you back. I, I, I was pretty, I was pretty up, pumped for the DJ dot. I was, I was pretty. I almost I know, put on man. some dancing shoes tonight. I feel bad. I knew where this was going before we even hit live. He was like, <laughs> "So do y'all only have the DJ every once in a while?" I'm like, "Damn, man, it's my fault." COVID, see, COVID is a B word. That's why you gotta be safe because I'm the reason why you guys can't have the live. You know, back set of music in the background. It's just so much better, man. So we will do this again, man. And I hope y'all will allow us to do it again. So shout Absolutely. out to man. Yeah, this was a blast, man. All right. Well, all right. Well, since Avo not here, Vic, do you want to walk us out, man? Yeah, man, I can do that, man. So, yeah, shout right. out to the Go District. Make sure you guys give our guys a follow. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we we'll able to help you out with some dynasty strategies and tips for the AFC East. We'll be back again next week, episode 100. We're excited. So, yeah, we've uh, been in this thing for two years. And man, talk of that. Congrats, guys. That's huge. Thanks, man. 100, yeah, man. Congrats, yeah, guys. Man. That's awesome, man. Still having fun with that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Smash the like. If you're listening right now, smash that like button, smash the subscribe, and share the shit out of this thing. There you go. Appreciate what it, What he said. Hey, until next time, we'll be back. This is another edition of Dynasty Bros. We'll be out. Take care. Thank you.